And I'm Aaron Frantel from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and you're listening to Final Gravity Podcast. Some of my best friends rode the short bus. I'm leaving you in charge. What's your name? Steve. Steve? Yes. And you work in your security for Yes, I am. He's got the Blackhawks right. colors yeah. on. We had some complaints. in Chicago. Yeah, complaints. Like, what kind of stuff? Noise. Noise. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like drunk people making noise. Yeah. Like, they're like, uh, it's, it's a drunken crowd up here because you guys uh, handle it. No, that's the call that we got, though, but I appreciate you guys keeping it down for me. That was so better than your mom. So you guys have just won a urinal for bringing the most beer. How do you feel about that? Good job, man. It's a proud, proud day in the Iowa Brewers Union history. Yeah, 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 yeah. That <laughs> yeah. webcam's terrible. We is, do... is it the webcam or is it the uh, the line, the hookup, the uh, Wi-Fi, whatever it's called? Um, no, well, it's it's partially the webcam, partially because it's shooting through double pane glass and it's pretty dark down here. Well, I, I was seeing more of the uh, the delay, the delay, and the oh yeah, blur. I might be able to get a little focus. I don't know what I can do with the delay though. Hold on. Yeah, for what it's worth, this is uh, not a great webcam. Well, you've had that for a few years now, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. And, it, you know, for what it's worth, it's also not going to make you guys any better looking. Sorry. No. <laughs> that's why I'm not worried about the focus in the double plane glass. That's what, <laughs> that's, what, that's what the beer's for, though. The beer's to make us better looking. And before the end of the night, we're going to look great. I'll be a legend in my own mind. Yes. All right, I think I got it focused a little better. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's screwy. Ah, whatever. Anyway, yeah, so hit the donate button, bitches, so we can get a new webcam. <laughs> um, yeah, so tonight uh, we had a sort of a last-minute show we threw together. We're going to have Mr. Chris Kuzmi calling in, and uh, he's from New York. He is do- doing some work currently with uh, Wandering Star, and they're out of Massachusetts. And he also is now the brewer at 508 NYC. It's a little brew pub in New York. So he's going to tell us about their beers and, you know, sort of how he got started. Cool. From what I understand, uh, he's a sax player, too, which is pretty cool. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So we'll be talking to him a bit later. How have you guys been, man? It's been a while. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, for me, it's been a while. I've been missing the last couple of shows. I don't know what happened. I don't know why I couldn't make it, but uh, no, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's always good to sit down here and talk beer and drink beer and that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, there you go. I got, I got a couple of batches. I got a keg tomorrow. So I got a cream ale and a porter that are uh, sitting in the secondary. So. Nice. Yeah. 
So get them all, get them all kegged up and carved, and have one of them at least on tap for uh, for Easter. Oh, sweet. And the other one I'm going to save for an, an, an HC. You'd think I hadn't been drinking much already, and my tongue just doesn't fucking work anymore. <laughs> I know. I hate that. <laughs> I've been noticing that lately, too. When I'm writing shit, I'm, like, forgetting letters and shit. I'm like, man, I really need to quit drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to write who, and it's like WH. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. I think the alcohol affects our brains more than we think. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so damn good. It is. It is It is awesome. Yeah, we're enjoying some Hop Devil. We couldn't get a beer from Chris because they don't bottle. So, uh, but he did invite us to come out, so we'll definitely have to make a trip out there and enjoy some of his beer. Where, where in the city is he located? Uh, boy, you know, I, I had it in front of me. Hold on, let me see. You'll probably get to it faster than I will, because I have about 17 windows open. Well, I haven't actually started looking here. Okay, it's five, 508 NYC, if you want to take a peek, and, and he'll give us the address and everything. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Um... Yeah, I'm going to have to, you're going to have to find that. This one's not moving much quicker. I have way too many windows open right now. And my computer, for what it's worth, I think is on its last legs. You have Wi-Fi down here, right? Uh, Yeah, it it may not be real, real strong, but yeah, you should get something. Works fine on my phone, actually. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, just with all the insulation and crap down here, I don't know how well it'll work. But yeah, we do have Wi-Fi. We'll see if we can find the address for you guys. So, uh, before the show, I was playing for Chris. I wanted to share with our listeners. If anyone remembers the band P.O.D. from a few years ago, I found one of their new songs, and it's pretty badass, so I thought I'd play a little for you guys while we're waiting for Chris to call in. So, have you brewed, Dan? Yeah, I brewed a uh, a whiskey, uh, a smoked whiskey porter. What did you use? Smoke. Smoked malt? Smoked malt, chocolate malt, um, 14 pounds, two row, five gallon batch. Wow. Right, some other stuff. And I measured it. Um, you know, we had a big grain buy, so I'm not used to doing this at my house. I don't have a scale. All I have is a step on scale with like the big dial. So I zeroed it out as much as I could with the bucket on there, and I started pouring grain in there. And uh, I'm pretty sure I'm pr- I'm close to four point, uh, 14 and a half pounds or whatever it called for. But it pretty much filled the top of the bucket. So I'm pretty sure I have a potent beer that's going to be made out of there. If you filled the five-gallon bucket with close. grain, it's probably closer to 20-something yeah, pounds. Yeah, it, it was close. It was close. <laughs> I, I had to do... He's I, like, yeah, 14, 20. What the yeah. fuck? Same difference. I had to do... He's going to have a, a good 10% barley wine there. No, it's... Uh, <laughs> I tell you what, though. It is... I was never a porter person. And then... Lately, I've just been really drinking porters, and I've been ordering them, and I love them. Oh yeah. I think I think when a couple folks from our club brought the the, uh, the whiskey porters in, I really got hooked, and I, I just had to try it. and I'm excited. I have a little thing of Maker's Mark in my uh, cupboard, and I think there's enough left now. You know, after I drank it for a week, to, to put in there. You know, to kind of uh, to kind of finish off the uh, on my secondary. Shit, you just reminded me. I gotta pick up whiskey for when my dad comes up for Easter. I, I like I'm your. Running, no, running I like up. your way of thinking. He's like, <laughs> I bought a bottle of Maker's Mark. I have to drink it down so there's only you know a few ounces left so I can add that to my primary. <laughs> well, it's calling. It's calling. Couldn't for, just pour it off the top. I know. Yeah. It, it, it's calling for eight ounces in my secondary. 
I'm I'm almost positive. I can go double check it. I, I went off some guy's recipe that he you know he tried. You know, I'm he, thinking that's gonna yeah it's gonna be pretty. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I should. I don't yeah. know if I want that. I don't I don't want uh, to overpower it. You know, I never did it before though, so you think maybe Yeah, it's tough it's tough to know when you're going off someone else's recipe. You know, yeah. I've never added whiskey to a beer per se, so I don't know if that All if right. that's off or not. I'm All not right. sure. I guess we'll find out. But I'm excited about it. I tell you though Maybe post on Facebook and Final Gravity and add put it out to our listeners, see if anyone has made an added whiskey. Yeah, with just straight whiskey and I've, n- I've never done that, so I'm not really sure. I mean it eight ounces sounds like a lot, but Maybe for five gallons, it's not. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And I put this one, this primary is back in my basement again. If you recall, I was talking before how my last three batches of beer ended up in my in my upstairs near my heater because I wanted yeah, I it to be warmer. And, and I'm telling you, even, even I made, I tried that batch that uh, I Imperial IPA made, and I tried the new batch I just made from fermenting in my upstairs, and it's off. It's just off. It has the same kind of over malty kind of weirdest flavor. That my last two IPAs had, so this one I put down in the basement and I'm hoping it turns out better. I think I'm just gonna abandon trying to put my stuff upstairs. Yeah, keep I think, it in my basement. I think just by the heater was your problem. Mm. I think it was just getting a little too hot during ferment. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's exciting. Now, what do you do with? Um, I mean, I, I I can drink it, right? I got like probably 15, 20 gallons of beer that I, I really don't, you know, I really <laughs> don't like. What the hell do I do? <laughs> well, that that's a tough call. Um, I don't want to give it to friends because they're gonna think I don't know what I'm doing, and they're gonna it's gonna be like that uh wild, that Buffalo Wild Wings commercial. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean that's a tough call, and I I hate to say it, but I've dumped a few batches. But having said that, is it kegged? Yeah, it's kegged. I would just set it set it away for a month or two, and then yeah. come back to it. That's what I'm. That's what you I'm know, planning. See if it cleans up a little bit. If it doesn't, then unfortunately, yeah. if you can't drink it and you're not going to give it to your friends, yeah. you can't really. You know, time might fix it, but if it doesn't, yeah, you may need to dump it. Yeah. Yeah. Far side in the chat says throw a party. Throw a party. <laughs> yeah, throw a party yeah. and serve that at the end of the night. I would just yeah. going to say. And nobody's going to care. We'll serve victory hop devil. Oh yeah. yeah. You blow, case you blow the taste buds out with the hop yeah. devil, and then. Perfect. And then uh, you know, serve that at the end, and nobody will be able to taste it. Perfect. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, I had a, um, I actually had a newcomer with me, a friend of mine, and he he loved it. He loved the whole experience. He's a, he lives here half the time, and then goes to Brazil uh, the rest of the year. So uh, so I don't know if he's going to be a member or not. But uh, it's just fun bringing new people in. Oh, absolutely. Know? It really is. He was he was just couldn't believe the whole process, even how simple it was. I'm not that good, you know, so it's just a simple process on my end. But for him, he was just blown away. That's know? really cool. Cool. Well, we got a, a Brazilian uh, counterpart. Oh, yeah, no, it'd be nice. Mm. He actually uh, is going to open up a kind of a bed and breakfast. He, he has property in a resort town in Brazil that's that's booming. It's starting to boom. And he has property, and he said he might want to learn how to brew beer so he can brew beer down there, uh, you know, and serve it, you know. Nice. So, Damn. So. Nice. It'd be nice. All right, so check this out, uh, because Chris is going to be calling us in in just a bit here, phoning in. So let's, uh, we'll just go ahead and run our first commercial break. And then uh, by the time it's over, hopefully he'll be uh, giving us a call. All right, people, um, you know the deal, you know, stick around and uh, tell all your friends how awesome we are. And uh, we'll be right back, guys. It's Final Gravity Podcast. Stick around. You're listening to Final Gravity Podcast. 
guys, I like to shop. And when I come home from shopping, the last thing I want to do is carry my bags through the snow, ruining my cute shoes I just found on sale. I wish my husband would just get a shed from Pleasant Run Structures so I could have my garage back. He could put all of his man stuff in the shed and brew out there. I mean, all he has to do is call 908-237-1325 and get the man cave of his dreams. They even offer two-story sheds because I know he has a lot of shit. Pleasant Run Structures has two locations in New Jersey, Parsippany and Flemington, but they will ship anywhere. So it really is a no-brainer. Check out PleasantRunStructures.com for more info. That's PleasantRunStructures.com. Check it out today, because your wife might be so happy she can park in her garage, you might even get some. Does your kegerator still look like it belongs in a dorm room? Do you still have Coors Light or NASCAR tap handles on it? Look no further. Fisher Woodcraft has the solution. Fisher Woodcraft hand turns, exotic hardwood tap handles, and let me tell you, these things are beautiful. Give your kegerator that sleek look with a Fisher Woodcraft tap handle. Fisher Woodcraft also offers hand-spun bowls, mugs, and more. Look them up online, www.fisherwoodcraft.com. That's www.fisherwoodcraft.com. Hello, beer drinkers. Look at your peanuts. Now look at my peanuts. Now look at yours. Now back to mine. Sadly, your peanuts are not JB Gourmet Peanuts. Look down. Now look up. Where are you? You're at jbgourmetpeanuts.com. What's that in your hand? It's the original peanuts. Look down. Now look back up. It's the spicy. What's that in my hand? It's a 16-ounce jar of peanuts. Look again. They're gone. Look again. The refill bag has filled it back up. Now they're diamonds. Spicy, delicious, addictive diamonds. I'm on a horse. Give them a call, man. Ask about their peanuts. 201-906-8777. Or visit their website, jbgourmetpeanuts.com. That's jbgourmetpeanuts.com. Hey guys, it's Jay. Just wanted to reach out and thank all of our listeners for supporting our show over the years. Keep it up, man. Don't forget to go to our homepage and click on those links for the AHA and BYO. Helps you out and it helps us out as well. If you think there's nothing better than a look of polished stainless and copper, if you're not sure that six tap handles is going to be enough in your chest freezer, then you're in the right place. Welcome back to Final Gravity. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We back. We're back, bitches. So I, I got to figure out why my, uh, still to this day, my chat will not refresh. I don't know what the hell's going on on my end. It, it, it 
something with your account or maybe that computer because it's it's uh, it's all right over here. Yeah, no, I know you're always fine in there, but for some reason my chat never refreshes. I have no idea what's going on. Um, Need an opener? Yeah, soon. I'm cracking out, bringing out some of my uh, beer of the month club beer here. I don't know how it's going to be after uh, Hop Devil. <laughs> I got big bison ale. Yeah, we blew out. This probably shouldn't have started with the Hop Devil, but no. whatever. It's yeah, all good. It. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I needed a big beer today, man. I was I was moving a little slow motion today at work. Farsight is saying he doesn't see you logged in as a chat in the chat. So are you logged in on... On that computer? I should be. I mean, I'm. I host the feed, so yeah, I should be. <laughs> Your dog's throwing up over here, I think. Oh, awesome. Ah, no, he's okay. I don't know. I'll figure it out one of these days, I guess. Yeah, when you throw that computer through a window. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I'm getting really close to that point. I really am. I told my wife, I was like, How old is I you? know this is bad timing. You know, we just did our taxes and everything, but uh, I'm going to be buying a new computer soon because I can't fucking take it anymore. This computer is about six years old. Oh, God. I mean, it's a screamer for what it's worth. I mean, when I bought it, I spent like three grand on it. It's... Yeah, but for what you do, a six-year-old computer is... I know. That's, yeah, no wonder. Yeah, two terabyte hard drives in it that are almost full, if you can believe oh, wow. that. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Be part of, that might be part of it, too, but I mean, still, it's like, you know... How yeah. is it possible? To fill up two terabytes? Yeah. I don't even know what a terabyte is. It's a big fucking hard drive. <laughs> uh, well, a, when you record a, a three-hour show... It's, yeah. a th- it's a thousand gig, is what it is, so... Yeah, I have two of them in there. Jesus... <laughs> Yeah, but you're right. If you've got the, the the shows and it's just right and right to the hard drive, you need the space. Yeah, between between the shows and the here and there I do with the music down here, yeah, those fill up pretty quickly. Wow, I got like a a good flavor, and then I got an intense chocolate out of it. Even really? though I don't think there's chocolate in there. Hey, so cool! Could be, could I'm, I'm really I'm really glad you're tasting all those things, and my glass is fucking empty. <laughs> well, works, man. Why don't you reach one of your long, lanky arms over here? <laughs> And we'll fill it up. All right. Well, Chris is going to be calling in here in a minute. No, I, I have beer in here, but I would like to try that. Yeah, so, you know, it's pretty good. Next time you get up, pour me a little bit of that. Not that I, I don't have any extra glasses well, when over you're, there. When you're done, well, you're drinking the man size glass over there. I'm, we're drinking little pinky glasses. Well, that's your fucking fault. I know, I know. Hey, listen, I have glasses over there. I know, but it's, you know, it's hot though. I don't want to use your, drink your keg because it could happen. It, it <laughs> could happen. And let me tell you, that's a pretty expensive yeah. keg for what I it's can, worth. I can imagine. It went up, beer went up, man. That that keg was like eighty bucks, I think. Yeah, for that size. I saw where is it? The um the Glen Gartner place? I saw a sign like seventy nine dollars for like a Coors Light keg or something like that. For a like, half barrel For a half barrel, yeah, but I'm like, oh my god. How much? Like seventy nine bucks, seventy something bucks. That's I was like I remember nah, when it used to be like fifty. That that I don't think that's right. Oh. Alright, here we go. Here's our buddy Chris. Chris Kuzme! What's up? <laughs> Yo, what up? What's up? <laughs> What's up? What's up? What's up? Very cool. Well, we 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 started introducing Pepsi now or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. Or the Coke. I forget it where it was. We're drunk. RC Cola. Let's take it way back. <laughs> we started introducing you, and we were saying, uh, well, we'll we'll let you start because we're going to kind of start from the beginning. Yeah. Then we started um, drinking, okay. and we started slobbering on ourselves. So yeah, a lot. Oh, nice. Apparently, a lot before I started drinking. 
a lot has happened on your end since the last time I saw you at uh, Apocalypse. Or actually, no, I saw you. I'm sorry, you were up at uh, Cooperstown, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess that was the last time I saw you. Yeah, the last time I saw you was over the summer at uh, Oma Gang. That was, dude, what a festival that was. Let me just tell you, that was like, ridiculous. It's a good finish. It's incredible. It's an incredible festival. I and I, I, it, it's grown tremendously, too, I mean, over the years. I went to one of the first ones, and it's just been awesome to see what that festival has done. Yeah, I, I can't wait to go back. I really can't wait to go back. Absolutely. So, so for all our listeners, we're talking with Mr. Chris Kuzmi, who... Uh, <laughs> is involved to some extent with Wandering Star and also now a brewer yep. at 508 NYC. So I guess um yep. let's let's just start from the beginning Chris and let's you know talk to you about how you got started. Obviously you were a home brewer, I'm guessing. And uh Absolutely. let's uh kind of get the progression from home brewer to pro brewer to now are you the head brewer at 508? Uh, I'm the, I'm the head keg cleaner that brews in his spare time. And I'm the only guy over there, so I'm the you know I do everything. Oh, so I, I mean, so I guess you're I, the head brewer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but what am I head of? I'm head of myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun. I mean, I have a lot of fun over there, and I invite a lot of people down there to brew with me for sure. Because I think and, I mean, especially as a home brewer, like I'm really into collaborative. You know, I've learned pretty much everything I know from you know, my peers on the home brewing community, and I, could, I still continue to do so and, and, and influenced and inspired by everything that happens around me. And I still homebrew, too. I mean, as you know, I work with um, my, my girlfriend, Mary, I bet, and uh, we do a lot of fun stuff. You know, I never Especially heard of that. How, how does that work, homebrewing when you're a head brewer? Like, how, what is your rig set? <laughs> what's your rig like in your house? Is it just in like the a, house? Yeah, is it just like so a my, pot and a carboy? My, my, my rig in my house has changed actually, because uh, once I started dating Mary Isette, she hit me to the brew in a bag method. So what used to be, you know, I used to have like two uh, two of those uh, uh, Kool-Aid coolers or whatever, you know, those uh, big punch punch coolers kind of things. One was my hot liquor tank that I would put at the top of a ladder, and then I would have my mash tun, and I'd put that on the counter, and then I'd have my boil kettle, and I'd put it down on this little stool. And then when all that mashing process was done, I'd lift that up and throw that on my on my stove but now we do everything on the stove actually she she's quite the uh she's a crafty person and has sewed this giant brew in a bag and uh and actually i love it, it saves time and uh we're making that. some really great beers from it and as beastie boys would say she's crafty <laughs> <laughs> exactly nice exactly that so actually um we we did one show on brew in a bag but i i wouldn't mind maybe uh you know coming up in the future maybe we'll have you and mary come on and talk to us about brewing a bag again and how you guys deal with because you you live in the city right we do yeah and okay. that's i mean we actually absolutely preach this because a lot of people talk about how they can't brew in the city because there's not enough room but this is definitely the answer to that and including you know it's not just that i mean the hustle of living in new york city you know time is valuable and if you're shaving off the time that you normally would take to sparge um you know it's it's fantastic yeah, so what what does it take you for a, a solid brew day? Maybe three hours, four hours tops? Yeah, I'd say four, four or five. It depends on, I mean, so we, before, we, we got an immersion bucket heater as well to kind of help get water to a boil. And that, that has helped, too, because, I mean, you know, our burners on the stove, it's not like this kind of a, uh, was it, uh, is it IBU outside, too, or whatever. With the, the, it's not as powerful as a giant gas. BTUs. Grill yeah, BTUs, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, so we're, we don't have high BTUs there, and so by using an immersion um, bucket heater, you know, we can cut that time and kind of a cool idea. That. What what exactly? Explain that. Electric. What is it? Just like an electric element? Can use that. Yep, it's an electric element, and yeah. it sits right on the top. Or you know, you stick it in. Uh, it, it's vertical, and it sits and rests on on the bottom of the thing. You have to make sure it's a, it's a there's a minimum liquid level so that it doesn't run dry. You know, and then uh, it just, just like actually, that's what I'm using at uh, at 508 too. I'm a, that's actually the person I started dealing with a, an all electric system. So at 508, I'm dealing with um, with heat elements immersed, immersed. Wow, that's an awesome that. idea because wow. one of the biggest pains for me is the, the amount of propane I go through. If I can do a mixture yeah. of both, I mean that would be excellent, even just the speed. Yeah, it's great. It, it works. It works really well, man, and it, and it definitely saves some time. And it's not, it's not incredible. And I I used to be hesitant to use it um, while while the wort was in there. Like I would only use it for the water because yeah. I didn't want any extra crystal or extra caramelization going on with the with the wort, and I wanted color to stay the same. But in in honesty, all honesty, now that I'm dealing with with it at five weight on a regular basis, is all I can do. It's really not contributing that much, and you learn how to work with it. That's very cool. It probably also gives you sort of a house flavor too. I would imagine. You know what I mean? Because if if anyone else is doing steam jacket or just straight propane, and even if you do get a little more caramelization, you're probably getting sort of a character flavor. I would imagine, which is which could probably be potentially uh, a huge positive to your beer. You know, as long as you yeah. keep if, as long as you keep it in check and stuff, that that could be cool. Yeah, but but I mean, like I said, and to be honest, I'm not noticing it. Um, you know, I'm not noticing it as an issue at all. Like, I seem to be getting where I want to be. And, uh, but, you know, I never brewed on this system without having heat elements in there. So, like every system, you've got to learn your system and, and kind of get in there and, and, and make adjust as needed. So, I did, I was making a blonde and I cut down on, on actually, I cut all the, the uh, crystal malt out of that. I was just throwing like one, one pound per barrel. Even. Like, it wasn't even much of anything, but it doesn't even need it. It's better, better and crisper without it. Cool. So, how long have you been homebrewing, Chris? Oh, yeah. The beginning part of the story. Started homebrewing in 2001. And, uh, I, you know, I'm project-minded, and I had no idea I'd get as addicted. I never thought I'd be where I am now, you know, having started on it. I was just, just wanted to make my own beer and check it out. And, you know, there's we all start with a different book and instruction book. And some people start with, uh, Charlie Papazian, the Godfather, you know, with his book, relax, have a homebrew. But there's also Dave Miller's book who is like, you know, be worried, be scared, be very scared. There's bacteria and, and you know, yeast everywhere. You got to be really clean. And, uh, I started with that book. And so I'm <laughs> here in my first fermentation, you know, and, and I'm just really, really nervous about, did it go well? Did I do okay? You know, on that first day, there's nothing you can do. I didn't want to check or, you know, open up and open up the fermenter and, and create any more variables. Uh, and so I'm at work, farting around here in New York City, and, and it was like six o'clock, and uh, I was looking up how to how to make my beer better on online, looking over my shoulder, to make sure nobody was looking at me. You know, I was working in finance at the time, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I call it a tenth gig gone wrong. I'm actually a saxophone player and a bass player, and I actually got hired. I was like, Holy shit! <laughs> anyway, there my tenth gig gone wrong, and uh. I found out about the New York City Home Brewers Guild, and I like it, heard that it met on the third Tuesday of the month. I'm like, holy shit, it's the third Tuesday, and it meets at 7.30, and we'll go out at 6.30, so I busted out of the office and went straight to the to the guild, and, and that's been my home since. 
That must have been pretty cool. It must have been pretty packed back then or even in 2001 no. in New York City? No, totally, totally the opposite. I walked in wow. and there was like between 8 and 12 people. And uh, now in New York City, man, I mean, at that time there was only there was only two clubs in New York City. There's the New York City Home Brewers Guild, um, which started in 1988 or 1987, kind of thereabouts, uh, by Morgan Wright. And Garrett Oliver, actually, of the Brooklyn Brewery, was one of the first members as well. And then uh, we're actually celebrating our 25th year this year, which is pretty exciting. And then uh, an offshoot of that in 1994, 96, I think around there, the Malted Barley Appreciation Society started, and I became a member of that club as well. And that's when I started in the Guild in 2001. There were just those two. But about five, four or five years ago, Brooklyn Homebrew opened up. Brooklyn Kitchen uh, started selling homebrew, homebrew equipment. Brooklyn Brew Shop started selling one-gallon kits and even sold them to... to uh, to Whole Foods, Bowery. So now Whole Foods in New York sells some brew supplies. And then now really? we have Bitter wow. and Esther's, which is another great store. And all these people are also, you know, holding classes. And really, the education here in New York has been awesome and incredible. The caliber of, of, of brewers has, been, has risen and risen. And consequently, we have a lot more clubs, too, now. And we have now, we have poor standards on, on Staten Island. We have the Knights, the Book and Home Brew Century in Park Slope. We have Brew Storia in Astoria, Queens. We have... Uh, Brooklyn Bruisers in Greenpoint. We have the Dive Bar Home Brewers Symposium, uh, and we have you know Westchester Home Brewers Organization, the New Jersey Brew, City Brew Club. I mean, it's, it's awesome. There's there's so many great people here. That's very cool. Wow. And does uh, does Garrett ever show up at any of your meetings anymore, or is he too rock star now? Oh, he's a rock star and he's very busy, but he definitely comes when we invite him. I mean, he's he's our guest usually uh, annually at least for one meeting, and it's great. That's awesome. And I, I will, by the way, just rewinding a little bit, I will take you up on coming out to brew with you for sure. Absolutely. Let's do a Final Gravity. Let's do a Final Gravity, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, uh, it intrigued me because I was looking on your website before, and one of the uh, pale ales that you did with the hibiscus and rose hips, I did a beer oh, yeah. not too long ago, you know, because we live out in the sticks here. And uh, by the way, if you need hibiscus, I'll bring you as much as you want. Really? As like, if you got some fresh hibiscus? Absolutely, like yeah. Isn't over there? I actually awesome. did a, a saison a few years ago, and I did uh, fresh hibiscus flowers in the mash tun, and then I dry hopped with it, and it was it was interesting. It was cool. It, it adds a really sort of tart quality yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. The first hibiscus ale I did was actually Mary. Mary and I did it. We went to Mexico earlier in the year, and and there was this fresh, fresh hibiscus, still moist hibiscus. And we made a really light pale ale with Northern Brewer hops. I believe it what it was. It was really light, but it really took that on and was cranking. It was awesome. Really, really nice. Cool. The last one that I did, cool. the one that you saw, um, I got I got the hibiscus from Kalushians in New York, the 29th Street. They were 27th, 29th, and like somewhere somewhere around there. But they have there's just an awesome spice spice place that that uh, that Mary hit me to. But the hibiscus was a little dry. It wasn't. It's not doing the same thing. I mean, it's nice. It's absolutely nice. You just have to use more of it to get get the more get the bang. Cool. And I think we're we're going to uh, probably in the second segment. I want to really kind of dissect your beers and get into how you guys use the different, um, you know, hibiscus and rhodes hips, where in the process and stuff like that. But we'll leave that a little bit for later. So okay. So you've been home brewing since what 2001? You said right? Yeah. And uh, so last time you saw not. Well, actually, both last times we saw each other, I was I was a uh, rep and rep and wandering star. 
Uh, so my first meeting at the New York City Home Brewers Guild, that same story I just told you that, uh, was my friend Chris Post's first meeting. And uh, he is the brewer and, and my dear friend up, up at Wandering Star, and he's the primary owner of Wandering Star. And, uh, you know, we met that fateful evening years ago, became great friends, started brewing together, and uh, Wandering Star came about uh, when, 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 <laughs> when George Bush was, was elected a second time. We were like, oh, we really have to do this. And Chris got... Chris got a little more serious, and he was doing the same thing I was doing, you know, looking about the guild. He was looking for brewing equipment, you know, one day late after work, and he found, he found, he was looking on eBay for brewing equipment, and he found this, this system that had only been brewed on 16 times uh, in Michigan, and nobody had bid on it, so it was like $250,000 worth of equipment. It was a 15-barrel brass, and he just kind of threw some, threw a bid down of what he had in savings, and, uh, it thought nothing of it. Thought for sure he'd be outbid, but he goes into work on Monday, that following Monday, and he's like, and he gets this email like, "Congratulations, you're the proud new owner of a 15 barrel system." <laughs> Holy and crap. so he immediately came back to me, he's like, "Chris, we got to do it now. It's on. I guess yeah. we're doing this." Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's, like, oh, he's like, "Oh shit!" Oh shit! <laughs> I just so, fourteen thousand five hundred. I tell you what, though, that it couldn't. I don't think it. Well. Yeah, I think Monday would be a good time to be notified of that. Be like, show up to the office job, and on Monday morning, you're going to be a fucking brewer, dude. (laughs) Hop in with both feet. That's I mean, it was a hard road from then on because when the equipment was in Michigan, you know, and and uh, you know that started the seven year everything that can go wrong did go wrong kind of thing. Like getting it, getting. This stuff from there was was relatively easy. We had it stored, and then we were trying. We were going under a different name, not Wandering Star. We we're actually going to try and be a nomad brewing company. Um, uh, and but it took so long for us to actually seal. The, like we lost the first lease that we were trying to because they weren't they weren't going to give us the option to renew. And we're talking about a brewery. You know, we couldn't just have five years in the space and then up and move all this equipment all over again. So we needed at least ten years for that. Um, and in the end, it all worked out well because he, Chris was able to, you know, save a little more and, and buy the place that, that Wandering Star is currently located in. And so Wandering Star finally, when we finally got all the red tape sealed up and we opened a year and a half ago on June 14th and uh, have been having a lot of fun sending about 60% of our stuff down here to New York. And uh, But, you know, you said that earlier when you introduced me, you said, you know, it's involved in some capacity. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big part of Wandering Star. We started together, me, him, and Alex Hall. Uh, the cask New York's cask guru, and uh, who we also met through the homebrew scene. Um, but I like the brewing side, and because we decided to start it and do it in Massachusetts, mostly because Chris had a house up there and because it was cheaper to, to get things together and work it out. Uh, you know, I'm not able to to brew as much as I would like to with Wandering Star, and so I'm doing mainly sales, marketing, and like events mm-hmm. down here in New York or wherever we decide to go. Okay. And when the 508 thing came up, uh, so I was referred to some. I was referred to 508 by a by a friend of mine who heard 508 was looking for a new brewer at the moment, and he's like, "Excuse me, you know anybody who wants to brew part time over at 508?" I'm like, "Part time? I love part time, and I could use some extra scratch from selling." You know, for <laughs> sure, and I and I can't. And I know the brewer over there. I knew the brewer. And I was like, "Oh, and I can't wait to start working with him." And then they sent me a quick email. Like, well, actually, he's gone, and. Uh, hmm. And uh, you know, this would be your house if you want it. And so I was like, okay, well, let me see what's going on over there. Because at the, because so also this was mind you, this is simultaneously just after Sandy happened. And 508 is a basement brewery, oh, no. uh, two barrel basement brewery oh. in the re- in this restaurant by the Holland Tunnel. And oh yikes! So, 
this stuff was floating all around in four feet of water, um, and I had to basically go in. My first three weeks on the job was just cleaning, taking everything apart and getting to know, oh. you know everything very intricately by, you know, and I was deep up my neck and caustic you know, for, you know, oh. cleaning the hell out of everything. So your first uh, couple but, brews there were uh, Salty Dog Porter and... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I did the opposite thing. I, I wanted to start relatively simple. That's one reason why, why I did a blonde as, as one of, among the first beers because it was, it, you know, something like that is so transparent. You know, it's going to tell me what's, what's going on. Right, and and that's a bold move considering, well, I guess the the one advantage to that was all the equipment was, you know, totally caustic and cleaned, and I guess it's a nice fresh start, so to speak. Yeah. You know, un- yeah, un- yeah. unfortunate I mean, circumstances, because the, but... Because the former brewer wasn't there to show me what was going on, so by doing that, I also was like, look, get my, you know, mentally just get my game plan on for, like, you know, how I was going to set it up, whether it's the way it was set up before or not, you know. So you, when you came into 508, um, the old brewer had left. You brought in all your own recipes, or are you using their existing recipes, or how did that go? No, I think it's a very personal thing, I, and uh, I, I don't think I would have liked to take the gig. Or I would, don't think I would have stayed long to if, if I was just. I would have filled in and made sure they were okay and cool until they found somebody right. But, but I like the creativity of, uh, and they, they, I'm not doing any of his recipes. Oh, cool. So they gave you that freedom to say, hey, you know, bring us yeah. some of your, your recipes. And, and those are all, uh, you know, I'm assuming your home-brewed recipes. Well, some of the, actually, most of them are all new. I mean, they're all based off of, you know, things I've done before uh, to some extent, I mean, to what I know. Though, to be honest, I've never brewed an IPA as a home-brewer. And my first my first IPA was done there at 508, and it was delicious. Wow. <laughs> Good so, for you. Know. Now, you said it's a, it's a two-barrel system, right? Yeah, it's a two-barrel system. It's a, like a Frankenbury, man. So basically, nice. uh, it is three uh, three ninety-gallon wine fermenters that have been kind of doctored up to become a hot liquor tank with three heat elements in it, a mash tun with a with with the with the appropriate tri clamp connectors on it, and then a boil kettle with three heat elements in that, and uh, and the appropriate tri clamps and the vent on the top. Okay, and it works. It works pretty nice, I gotta say. So, but I usually boil about seventy gallons at a time. Wow, that's wow. pretty sweet. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty sweet. Yeah, but I lose, you know, I lose about ten gallons to 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 uh, you know protein and and Drinking. and, and, uh, and <laughs> hot, hot residue. And, but in my uh, but even with that sixty gallons left, I have sixty gallon fermenters that are not stainless steel. They're actually these these plastic conicals. Um, which I'm hoping to replace at some point um, because they don't seal the way I want them to seal. I've been ha- I've been having great luck with with them, but I think there's a there's a timeline on those. Um, but uh, they're 60 gallons, so I got to leave five, roughly five gallons at the top for for the yeast to to be active, and then I lose about five gallons at the bottom from from trube and dead yeast at the you know at the end of that whole deal. So roughly each batch I make. Yields fifty gallons, so I'm okay. not quite a two barrel. I'm not quite yielding two barrels. Okay. Every batch, you know. Now you said you'd never brewed an IPA, and you just 
you started at 508 and brewed an IPA. Did you do like a pilot? <laughs> yeah. Did you do a pilot batch first, or did you say screw it and did 50 gallons of an IPA that you weren't sure was going to work? You all in? No, I went. I do, I went all in, man. Because uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I I feel like I've been around the block a little bit. I know what to right. do, or like you know what where to get stuff, and you know I know understand the principles of these things. But you know, I've never as a homebrew, I've never really had the desire to go IPAs. Too many people I know do great IPAs. And uh, and uh, I can drink that all the time when I'm hungry. I, I generally want lean to a, a maltier side or like a mild or or you know. It depends. I do other things, but I've never felt the need to make an IPA as a homebrewer. I've always like, man, I really have to at some point. But um, but I've, I've everything else just kind of trumps that idea generally. Right. I'm and I think you're probably one of the only people in the nation. That as a home brewer, <laughs> never brewed an IPA. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, That's I awesome. Like, uh, it's, it's fun. And I, but I got really inspired at the National Home Brewers Conference last year uh, as well uh, to brew an IPA for several reasons. One was Drew Beecham's talk. Well, I don't remember which one I had first. I think I concluded that I wanted to make an IPA after the second talk. So I went to Drew Beecham's talk. Drew Beecham talked about the power of one. And, you know, how we as homebrewers, we all always go to the homebrew store and we're like, oh, let me use some of that malt, that malt, and this malt. Ooh, ooh, look at that. Maybe I'll throw some of that in. And then it becomes this kind of brown beer. You know, this uh, kind of this has a familiar theme. It's just kind of a cloudy and, 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 and mustard up kind of thing. And, you know, less is more mustard. a lot of times, like especially with the way palettes are going these days. I think, you know, people like that clean, dry stuff. And, I mean, me and oh, just, you know, just my palate right now, I like a really clean, very direct know what you're getting kind of kind of beer. I like complexity, absolutely. Um, and you don't want anything to be one-dimensional, but you can make something pretty deep without using too much crystal malt or too much all that other stuff. Thank anyway, subsequently, so, so from, from that, from that uh, Drew Beecham talk, Power One, I, I saw Mitch Steele uh, from, from Stone, his talk about IPAs and, you know, talking about uh, the old school IPAs and how, you know, one time, you know, it, there was only one malt. I mean, they would just, in order to get bigger bodies or fuller flavor, they would just boil for longer. So, you know, to get that caramelization and to get that body, you would use white pale malt back in the day. And, you know, that also the consistency of that pale malt was never, was just not consistent. I mean, it was not to be relied upon. So, you know, you'd have to adjust your boil time depending on what kind of malt you were getting, you know, and, and then you just threw a ton of hops in there, but it was just two, you know, one kind of malt, some, some one kind of hops, yeast, and water. And so that the first IPA I made was exactly that, at, at 508, and I thought it was very good. Nice. Hey, uh, we're going we're gonna to have to pay some sponsors here. Um, you're going to stick around for a bit, I'm assuming, and uh, when we get back, we're going to talk. We'll get a little more into your sort of, you know, we were talking about the hibiscus beer. I'd like to learn a little bit more about that, where you do that in the process. And we'll talk more about your pale, uh, pale ale, because I, li- I dig that you're only using, you know, one type of grain. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right, cool. We'll, we'll be right back, guys. Thank you, sponsor. This is Owen Tate. When I'm not sucking the cream filling out of Twinkies, I dream about showering in beer with the guys from Final Gravity Podcast. (laughs) 
It's JW. I'm from the Shipping in Milford, New Jersey, and you're listening to the Final Gravity Podcast. I gotta find some dumb hot chicks to interview. <laughs> so, what's your favorite beer? Coors <laughs> Light. Another intelligent discussion about beer. So what are you tasting that beer you're drinking? Really, you're asking that question? What kind of beer are you drinking, first of all? Well, apparently what I have right now is copper and dark ale. I'm going to be honest with you. It's not my kind of beer, but right now, it's my kind of beer. Uh, Jim, what do you like about the beer you're drinking there? Uh, this uh, this beer right here, the best part about this beer um, so far is the fact that it's very wet. Uh, it also has uh, carbonation to it, so there's a plethora of bubbles. Um, I like the wetness, I like the bubbles, and uh, I like the fact that when I drink it, uh, the tastes are fantastic. What, so, what, what are some of the, the flavors you're getting out of that beer? Uh, well, definitely, I, I can taste, uh, I taste more of the wetness than anything. Um, and once again, the bubbles. So more or less the bubbles and the wetness is what I'm tasting at this point. How about you guys? What what, what was your favorite beers? Uh, Magic Hat Citrus Boy. Hey, this is Casey Kramer. I'm from River Horse Brewing Company, and you're listening to the Final Gravity Podcast. Does your kegerator still look like it belongs in a dorm room? Do you still have Coors Light or NASCAR tap handles on it? Look no further. Fisher Woodcraft has the solution. Fisher Woodcraft hand turns exotic hardwood tap handles. And let me tell you, these things are beautiful. Give your kegerator that sleek look with a Fisher Woodcraft tap handle. Fisher Woodcraft also offers hand-spun bowls, mugs, and more. Look them up online, www.fisherwoodcraft.com. That's www.fisherwoodcraft.com. Custom Graphics, located at 117 Washington Street in Newton, New Jersey, is your only source for signs, lettering, and large format vehicle wraps. Give them a call, 973-335-8141, or visit them on the web, customgraphicsnj.com. Custom Graphics, your source for everything lettering and large-scale printing. CustomGraphicsNJ.com. That's CustomGraphicsNJ.com. Make me cry. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my voice sounded very manly there. That? that was you? No, that was Chris. Oh. All right, so uh, <laughs> before we come back in, I just wanted to uh, tell everyone that the last segment, actually this uh, this coming segment, is brought to you by the kegging part. And we're going to have uh, Chris King read us their uh, their information. Uh, we had Randy on the show. I think it was our last show. Yeah, and, it was uh, our last show. It was, it was really cool. Yeah, he's a great guy. And uh, he talked a little bit about Cascale, and, uh, which reminds me, Chris... Um, Chris Coos, before uh, before I forget, we would love to have Andy on the show. Um, you mean Alex? Alex, Alex yeah, sorry, Alex. I yeah. Wa- why did I want to say Andy? Yes. I-, I was wondering where Andy came from. We, we talked to Alex. We want Andy on the show, too. Yeah, we, we talked to Alex quickly. <laughs> he's a guy, too, like he's from Wines and Dines. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. I'll keep drinking Hop Devils at 7.4%, <laughs> and I'll get it all right tonight. That's why you gave me the live read, didn't, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Um, but, yeah, we'd love to have Alex on the show. We talked to him at Apocalypse, but it was so damn noisy there. Not that that's a bad thing, but uh, it, it was sure. tough to... Uh, I mean, he's got a pretty thick uh, accent, too, as well. So, you know, he's yeah. kind of hard to understand as it is. But I'd love to have him call into the show. And for what it's worth, the next time, maybe we could have you and Alex come out to the studio and we can all enjoy yeah. some beer together. Yeah, that would be great. And actually, I wanted to do that this weekend, but uh, I'm just tied up. Couldn't make it. Couldn't make it. Out. No, I, I hear you, and I I appreciate you calling in. And we will be out to the brew pub for sure. Yeah, bring okay, bring. We got we to gotta start thinking of our recipe and let's go for Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Chris, what do you got for us? So it's uh, the next segment will be brought to you. By the kegging part. So tell us a little bit about the kegging part. Well, have you ever run out of time to brew for an upcoming event? Throwing a commercial keg in your homebrew kegerator can be such a hassle. The connections are different, and switching the lines over just means that you have to switch them back. There's now a solution to this problem. The (gasps) kegging part. The kegging part is designed by homebrewers for homebrewers for putting ball lock connections on any commercial keg coupler. Ball lock. D-system Sankey, U-system a system, make them all the same with the kegging part. With homebrew kegs becoming even dearer, the ability to get in and out of commercial kegs gives you more flexibility in your packaging. Now you can fill a keg and you can bring it to your buddy's house for his commercial setup so that he has something other than Pabst on tap. Ferment under pressure in a half barrel? The kegging part makes these connections easier to use from the start of fer- fermentation through dispense. Machined in the USA, the kegging part can even help make you seltzer. Why invest in a soda stream when you can already have the gas? Maybe you can finally get that wife of yours on board with all the kegging you have. Check it out at www.thekeggingpart.com. That is T-H-E-K-E-G-G-I-N-G-P-A-R-T.com. Tell them that I sent you and get free shipping using the coupon code J. That's J-A-Y for free shipping, thekeggingpart.com. Nice. Very well done. Exciting. Except for the, 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 I gotta, you gotta, <laughs> if somebody else is reading this, yeah. I'm not Jay. <laughs> right. Well, other than that, this is cool. Right. So yeah, use use coupon code J, guys, and uh, take care of Randy, because you know one of the cool things about that part is it is machined in the U.S., which is awesome. Because hey, listen, we know I've done it, we've all done it, we all buy Chinese stainless. And because we have to, because, you know, listen, homebrewers are lazy and cheap fuckers. <laughs> and, and, and I get that. I, I do. I get it. But, you know, for what it's worth, spend a couple more dollars, get 
something from Randy and the kegging part.com that's machined in the U.S. Because, you know what? There's there's a guy sitting in a machine shop spinning these things out, and you're helping support his family. So check them out at the kegging part.com. All right. There. That was a fucking extra plug, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff. Randy, you uh, you actually look just like Jay on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> you had me fooled. All right. Yeah, so so let, hold on. Let's stick to the kegging part just for a second. I am yeah. very excited about this, and I'm excited to check this out because what we do at 508, we're actually using homebrew kegs. And, uh, you know, I can't ever bring my keg. Well, first of all, I'm not allowed to yet. We don't have a, we don't have a license yet. So we, we are just a restaurant brewery license. But we intend to get, they just started offering a supplemental brewery license. But our entire fleet is actually these Pinlock Corny kegs. Wow. Um, and so even With if pinlocks. I wanted to, even if we do get this supplemental license, if I were to ever bring my stuff to another bar, I would have to bring a jockey box or, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't get it, get it set right. up on tap. And well, that's, that's I would say... Reach out to Randy at the kegging part, and he may have a solution for you. That's the kegging yeah. part. Yeah, that that's the kegging part dot com. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Yeah, I would say reach out to him. Just tell him, uh, you know, you heard about him on our show, and uh, I'm sure he can come up with a solution for you. Yeah, I want to get that free shipping, too. I got to say, Jay. Absolutely. Be like, dude, I, I suck Jay's dick, so I get free solu- I get free shipping now. nice so all right so we talked about your your introduction you know your home brewing gig and now you're pro which is awesome so you're full-time there now right uh well you know yeah i mean they they suckered me in because it was part-time but really i mean i know myself too i knew we'd get into stuff i am relatively full-time really we're not really we're not that big a place uh, so I, it should never really be full time, but right now it is because I still I, I started with a beer deficit because of Sandy lost some time and I got hired after I'd already planned a trip in December, um, and and then so and then we had craft beer week last or like two weeks ago and and I was just caught up you know when when craft beer week came and then and then I gave away a lot of beer to 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 celebrate that and now I'm just catching up again but really I should only be brewing twice a week and kegging one day a, a week you know okay. Then maybe stopping in and and, and uh, making sure that things are cool. Nice. But I'm having a lot of fun there, and I'm, I'm definitely it's a great, a lot of it's awesome food. I was just going to ask, how's list. the food? What, what, what's the what's menu? That? What's the menu like? What's on what's the, menu? the menu like? It's all it's all over the map kind of stuff, but it's just really elegant. Really, we make our own pasta, and hopefully soon I'll be making I'll be uh, saving some of my grain and then grinding it into flour to give them to make some some of the gra- spent grain flour oh, pasta nice. kind of thing, nice. which Ooh, I think would be really cool. I want to get more into like recycling and, and not, not getting, or just putting that grain to use. Sure. That's in awesome. A, in addition to meeting some uh, chicken farmers in, in South Southern Manhattan. <laughs> <It's okay>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a buddy out. Uh, I think he lives in Long Island at, uh, and he raises chickens in his backyard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good. I mean, it can't be their whole feed. I guess uh, spring grain is good. They have, there's enough nutrients in there to at least be like uh, somewhere around, I think, 30% of their diet. I think. So I can use good. I can use spent grain to feed chickens because I, I just can. throw I just throw mine just in, my, in a field because I got chickens. Yeah, not a, yeah, not 100% of their diet though. It has to be you know, oh, yeah, yeah, supplement. But they, they they can eat it. It won't really harm them, I guess. With nope. all the sugar. Yeah. No, no, no. No, I'm not doing There's that. actually spent grain doesn't have a whole lot of sugar in it. Yeah. So well, mine you know. probably does. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta yeah, check your efficiency, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Isn't forty percent good efficiency? <laughs> yeah, Dan was in, in, in baseball. That's good, right? Dan was telling <laughs> yeah. us off the air um, how he uses his, uh, you know, his yeah. wife's bathroom scale to weigh grain. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah I, I tried to zero it out, and then I'm filling up a bucket, and it said 14 pounds. I'm like, well, if you filled up a bucket, you're probably closer to 20 pounds. He's like, well, close enough. It's perfect. I think Dan needs to go to Final Gravity Podcast and click on the Amazon link and order yourself a scale. I will. If you need uh, someone to help you over there, though, uh, you, might, you might run out of grain in a night. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Be like, well, this was supposed to be a 5% beer. It's eight and a half. It's whatever. Close enough. Well, that I mean to be honest, I mean that it, that's not unlike my first experiences at 508. I mean it was a new system and I could dial it in, um, but uh, but I didn't know what the efficiency was in the beginning. So another thing, you know, just finding that and dialing that in has been has been an interesting plight. Uh, you know, I went from brewing five gallons at the home to 15 barrels at Wandering Star, and then dialing it down to this my first electric system and this this total crazy Frankenbury like overgrown homebrew system. Not, I mean it's professional only insofar as uh you know i'm being paid to do it i think how do you dial how do you dial in the efficiency though when you're when you're working with batches that big for for someone you're working with you know what i mean it's not like you're at a, you're doing five gallons at a time then do you just right i mean you, dialing it in is, is it comes down to you know i'm taking i got a refractometer and i'm and i'm, I'm watching it as it's hot, you know, coming out of the out of the mash and, and going into the kettle and, and I'm making sure that I'm not oversparging. But I've been getting an incredible I've been getting like between eighty five or I've been getting around ninety percent efficiency. Wow. Which is a lot. I mean my second runnings on like just a, a, a lighter ale are still pretty big and I just think it's crazy. I think actually I think I need to I think my mill might be grinding a little little fine. Um but I'm not getting any stringency so it, it's a, it's okay but but you know, back to what Jay said, you know, it was aiming, you aim at this and then you had to get something bigger. So that's kind of what was happening to me in the beginning. And now I, now I go into one of your guests, Greg Smith, or Brad Smith, sorry. Uh, so I use Beersmith now, and uh, I've been trying to dial it in on there and just adjust those to get to get it all straight. That's a great program. I advise that. I strongly recommend that to any home Yeah, totally. And if you guys... Uh Go over to beersmith.com. You get, a, I think it's a 21-day free trial, and it's worth the effort for sure. That's beersmith.com. Uh, yeah, even even <laughs> yeah, even if you're not uh, terribly savvy at the computer, it's a fairly easy program to navigate. Like I, I went quickly from I forget even what the old software I used was, but I moved from the old software to Beersmith, and I'm totally happy, man. It's a great program. So, yeah, in and not you know. Not to give him another plug or ad <laughs> for free, but you're saying you used Beersmith. Did that like sort of auto calculate? Because I, I understand like when you're stepping down or stepping up with batch size, it's not necessarily linear. Does that take that into account in Beersmith, or was that something you had to do on your end? Uh, it depends on what it. I'm, to be honest, I mean, I'm, I'm four months into this gig, just almost. Uh, so I'm still learning, you know, what the difference is. I mean, now I'm just dialing it in as as 70-gallon batches, and I'm just like, that is my starting point. I kind of let go of all my five-gallon thinking, and uh, not not completely. I'm still doing some of that here at the hospital. We're keeping the stuff we do here kind of, kind of crazy. Um, I don't think it takes it into account, because it didn't do that when I, when I dialed in my Imperial style. When I... So... I made an imperial stop, and I took my system to 11, basically to to uh, in order to get all the sugar that I was 
aiming for, I filled my mash tun so there was only like half an inch left in the top. Mm-hmm. And then I had a stuck <laughs> mash and there was nothing I could do. And like, I ended up taking buckets out of the top and, and throwing them into a kitchen strainer, into a bucket, and then throwing it in my boil kettle, and it made wow. my night hell. But oh. it was pretty fun. But along with that, I think that uh, I ended up with a I, – I, I up scaled the recipe within Beersmith, and I think I had too much roasted grains. In, uh, okay. In, and mm. uh, So too much roasted astringency um, from it. But that could have come from my, from my stuck mash and – uh, could it come from a couple different things, or just those two? I think, but uh, and for yeah. what it's worth, I don't. I, I don't think. Three. I think system dependent. I don't think that that's necessarily a quantifiable number. Like when you're going from, I don't know, let's say five gallons up to three barrels or two barrels. I, I don't even think that's possible to quantify the difference because it's very system dependent. <laughs> you know, is it electric? Yeah, I, is I, it I propane? Is it you know it. it it's almost impossible to, for a program to be able to do that for you. So I think it's just you got to play around with it and figure out your system. Yeah, exactly. You got to know your house. In a yep. So so let's uh, let's talk about your beers. Let's get into your beers. I, I wish we could taste them. And next time when you come out, we'll we'll have you bring some for sure. But let's talk about your uh, flagships there and what you guys are brewing. All right. Well, uh, I don't have any flagships. And I don't intend to have any flagships. I intend to have recurring things or things that happen and themes that kind of happen. Like I have a couple, you know, I have my plans of what I like to do there. Like I, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really, really love, love, love this homebrew community. And so one of the things that I just started, um, actually we're going to start brewing for it next month, but is I'm calling it the homebrew heavyweight series or whatever. I, I invited local homebrew clubs and local homebrew stores, all of which I mentioned earlier, uh, to come collaborate with me. And so basically every month we'll feature a different homebrew club in the homebrew store, and they're, you know, where they meet or where they are will be on our menu. We're local. And, uh, <laughs> we're, lo- we're, lo- we're local. We're 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Well, you guys will be part of the Bro Laboration series, so I have my Bro Laboration too. So the Bro Laborations are just like friends in the beer scene. We make a beer together and do that stuff. Nice. Cool. Um, and then I have, I have with Mary, we're doing a, a series of sours and and and, uh, and smoked beers that we're calling Pillow Talk. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> was that Pillow Talk? Yes, that was Pillow, pillow Talk. talk. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So we actually just we brewed a beer yesterday. We brewed a a, a, a Berliner Weiss. And actually, it's still brewing. I mean, it's not, we didn't brew it. We just mashed it yesterday, and then we we threw it in in the uh, in the kettle, and then we threw some some grain in it. And so it is sitting at 105 de- or 108 degrees right now, and just souring up. So we're doing a kettle sour. This is a kettle sour. And so Ooh, tomorrow we're gonna wow. go in, taste it, make sure it's cool, and then uh, and then we'll we'll just heat it up, maybe boil for 15 minutes, uh, and then just to pasteurize it and kill all that lacto, and then. Send it off to the fermenter. Um, excited about that one. I love that's it. That's cool. I love it. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's fascinating <laughs> so that's to me. Happening I, right I want to do it. <laughs> I love it. Um, and when's that going to be on tap? Uh, that, should be, that shouldn't take too long. You know, it kind of depends on, on the probably uh, two weeks. Two weeks, I would say. Yeah, uh, trip to Manhattan. Yeah. Oh hell two yeah. Weeks. yeah! Two weeks. On, yeah. Road trip. Yeah, road trip. Well, uh, two uh, weeks. Two weeks is Easter, so it's a little perfect. Uh, road trip. <laughs> road trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just after that. Just after Easter is probably when we'll launch it because uh, we'll be we'll be out of town for Easter. We'll be just t- t- uh, finishing up down at the uh, Craft Brewers Conference in D.C. 
Maybe that, maybe the first w- first weekend of April. I think that's when we go. There you go. We were just that talking about going to New York. A couple of friends of myself were just like, you know, we haven't we don't go in there enough. But this is a perfect reason to go in there. Absolutely. There you, there you go. go. Absolutely. Get the pillow talk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like the pillow biter. So your pillow biter. Yeah. <laughs> so gonna come out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we're that calling de- it. That depends on his discussion bro. with his wife. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, but yeah. I mean, okay. So hey, let's go back to, to you wanted to talk about like how, how I deal with uh, uh, say ingredients such as uh, the rose hips and the uh, high yes, hibiscus. the rose hips and biscuits. Yes. So the way I the way we do it, I'm a big fan of not actually brewing the beer with it. I think there's more control by doing extractions and uh, and infusions at the end. So and also not only that, like especially out of necessity, when like I said, I started with a little a deficit of beer at at that five away, and so I made a blonde. And blondes are great because you can blend them with other flavors. And uh, and they, they they take that on very well at the you know at kegging time. So the first thing I did like this at at 508 is I had a uh, pomegranate tea that I got at Istanbul at the Spice Bazaar mm. in Istanbul, mm. and I blended it with half of my blonde when I, at kegging time, and it was beautiful. It worked really 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 well and really nice. Uh, I just made a tea. I made the tea. I didn't just I didn't dry hop it with the, with the thing. I made the tea. Right. And uh, that's exactly what I did with the rose hip and hibiscus as well. Oh, okay. I was not necessarily looking for any fermentables from pomegranate or anything like that. I want the flavor uh, on on top of my base beer. But the blonde was a completely different beer than the blonde with the with the with the pomegranate or the blonde with the with the hibiscus because of that tartness that you got in both of those cases, actually. Okay, so tell us tell us about the process of how you made the tea. So for the for the tea for the first one we did here at the house we took we got it up to we got the water boiling and then we let the the fresh hibiscus sit in it for I don't know like twenty minutes actually oh we just simmered it we simmered it for how long yeah we didn't boil anything we just got it to oh give, is that we Mary went, she needs she needs a phone is that Mary you mean that's Mary she needs a phone she's a she get so over does here. get her get her over there. Get over here. Talk about the tea. <laughs> I learned most of my good ideas come from this woman, so I'm gonna pass it on. Hey, listen, is that a touch? Oh, speak does that work? That's what women want you to think that all good yep. ideas come from them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then here, here I am at a here I am at Apocalypse. Me and my wife, and we're like Mary's walking. She's walking around. She's going 100 miles an hour, of course, because New York City and that you know, and she's heavily involved with the apocalypse event and she's walking back and forth and going and she had these boots on i'll never forget and my wife's like damn she's fucking hot mm. <laughs> i was like i looked i said yeah you know what mama she is pretty hot <laughs> are you there mary i am oh there you are all right so tell us a- <laughs> repeat can you hear <laughs> yep yep we got so, you. T- tell her, tell you what, what was the question? The question. Well, I was, I was kind of wondering, like you had said, you'd made a tea, so I was interested in like how you made the tea and then where you added it to the beer. Did you add it like at bottling or at kegging or whatever or serving or like 
give us a little more on that on that process because you said you don't yeah. brew with it per se you made a tea but then what did you do with it once it was a tea how did you make the tea and then where did you add it in the process we added totally at that at kegging in in all cases for the most part and uh yeah mm-hmm. to that kegging i didn't do anything in secondary or any anything in primary made the tea completely separate from the beer and basically i mean i guess you just, it's just blending yeah yep. and, and Go ahead. I think the tea depends on um, how you make the tea depends on what you're using. So hibiscus, I think that we, I mean, we you know, we heated water and made, just as you would normally make a Jamaica drink. I mean, you could cold steep it, certainly, but we did it with a little bit of heat because we were in a hurry. Um, and then we just added it. We tested it. So we had, pour, you know, pulled off some of our pale ale and we tested the ratios until we got a pretty good approximation of how much of the Jamaica tea that we wanted to in our pale ale and then we added it at kegging um, and that's a wonderful process to do I think the temperature that you steep it at um, or or even if you cold brew it depends on what you're using some things are more delicate than others and this is all I mean this is there's more control when you do it like this yeah. I mean you're, you're not dealing with uh, with all the yeast and the other variables if you were to brew with the tea or even you know to, to let it sit or age on it, or dry hop. You know, I think you can you can do it more to your taste. And I think it's a pure. You get a pure aroma and flavor as well. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I would imagine something. You know, like if you're making a tea and adding it after the fact on the cold side, that you would get more of sort of the floral aroma and the nose from what you're trying to add. So you guys just basically made the tea and then did um, like a ratio, right? Like you, you know. A, a bottle or a pint of the beer and then just you know x amount of drops or x amount of ounces per bottle and then just scaled it up from there is that how you did that yeah basically we, we were using a you know i just was using measures we were taking small samples um and then you could certainly do this at bottling as well definitely as a home brewer cool. yeah absolutely it, it, I mean, they were guesstimating. I mean, we're, we're, we haven't tried to make that beer again, and we haven't had to. And I think that that's when it's when it becomes more important to really know your, you know, to well, really know your those things. Because we ended up we ended up just dumping it all in because we realized that it was roughly the amount of amount that we needed yeah. for the batch. Right. And I mean, I think Chris, I heard Chris say earlier that you know we brought this Jamaica from Mexico and it was freaking fresh i mean it was gorgeous yeah. it's nothing like what we can get you know here in new york city it was so i think it you're not i mean when you're dealing with like herbs and spices and natural ingredients you're not necessarily going to get the same flavor from batch to batch anyway so right. so yep. it's always good regardless if you're replicating something it's always good to test it out you know and you know do a little experiment with your little with ratios you know with a dropper or a you know some teaspoons or whatever before you decide how much you're going to Put in your beer. Yeah, you got to kind of figure it out before you commit. And and with the rose hips, I know we had said the hibiscus. You made a tea. Same thing with the rose hips. You make a tea out of that. Yeah, I actually did those together. So I did a I did about twenty five hundred milliliters of water with uh, with eight ounces of hibiscus and four ounces of rose hips, and uh, that seemed to work well. Um, but it it in the end, I didn't leave. This was the second one we did, or this is the one I did alone um, at, at 508, and it was also a different, it was different hibiscus, and uh, I didn't get as much of the hibiscus flavor as I wanted, um, and it just was, uh, wasn't as sweet as the first one, 
and also my base beer in this case too was uh, was a blonde with spalter hops that uh, that ended up a little spicy and that kind of got in the way. I okay. think it wasn't as, it wasn't as good as the first one. It's still delicious. People are loving it down there right now. We got one keg left of it, but uh, but uh, it's still you know you're always your own worst critic, and I know what I would do differently for for the next one. I'd probably give if I had the same hibiscus, I would use a lot more of it for the same amount of water and just get a higher concentration of that hibiscus flavor. And okay. I like the I like the rose hips underneath. They're they're not too strong, and I don't I don't want the rose hips to be super in your face. So is the, what? And I guess I've never used rose hips in brewing per se, but what? Is there a flavor component of that, or is it sort of more of a bittering agent? Like, what what do rose hips give you for the beer? I feel like it's a little bit more of the bittering and, and uh, flavor. Mary disagrees with me, but I feel like it gets a little kind of. Uh, I can't. It's earthy. It's yeah, an earthy I bitter. Agree. It's not. A, it's not a painful bitter. It's not like a bitter bitter thing. But it's but it's uh, sharper than. It's not really. It's not a sweet. Thing. Okay. Gotcha. It's, uh, just a herby, like an herbal, herbal earthy thing. Okay, and I really, I kind of like your your whole uh, idea there that you don't have flagships. You just brew what you want to brew, and when it's done, it's done, and you move on to the next project. I, I love that whole idea, and I I gotta commend the owners down there for letting you have that freedom and. Yeah. For what it's worth, I, awesome. I I think it's the business plan of the future, you know, because a lot of times you get into these brew pubs and uh, especially like out here where we live in the woods, Long we Valley. have we have a couple of brew pubs that just they get stuck in a rut, you know. Yeah, they they took a medal at GBF like 30 years ago, and they still serve the same friggin' beers all the time, and they're less than you know subpar. And I just I yeah. love that you guys are keeping it fresh. Like you know, what are we gonna brew well, this I, week? I agree with you, and, and that's you know if you, if you pay attention to the the craft beer bars, I mean those all rotate their taps constantly. So it's not, I mean, like that's the that's a kind of drinker with all this with all this flavor diversity and all these choices out there. We've created the beer drinker that that wants the new thing, the different thing, and doesn't always want to go in there for that regular. There are ones they can count on that they know of, and you know, and, and seeing them once in a while is they they'll go to them, but uh. But you know, we—that's the new generation of drink of of drinkers, or at least that's the craft beer drinkers. I mean, everybody has their favorites. Who knows? You know, right. fifty years ago, when or years from now, when I'm crotchety, I'll be like, I just want my, I just want my blonde ale. I just want my own. <laughs> right. Hey, listen, I want my well, rose hip, God damn it. Well, well, that's why we can go to the store and buy PBR every day. You know what I mean? I mean, right. if, if we want consistency, we can we can find it. If we want something fresh, I, I love that how you guys are approaching that. You know, with with we're going to brew what we want to brew this week and we're going to experiment and uh we'll throw it up on tap i love that yeah and i'm not always planning ahead too much like you know sometimes i'm just adding my hops while it's in the kettle i'm like okay you know just keeping a surplus of stuff that you can choose from is great uh too and also you know i I don't have a bunch of crystal malt or, or specialty malts there at 508 we brew so small that then i don't often need a lot at one time and and so I just actually buy from my local homebrew stores. So this way, at least I'm giving back to the homebrew stores, and and uh, also I'm able to touch base with everybody, see them, and I'm only storing what I need or what I know that I'm going to be using or getting through fast. You know? Well, that sounds cool. Right. Very cool. All right, cool. Well, I think uh, it's time again to pay another sponsor, and time is flying tonight, man. 
We may need to go down to karaoke at the local after after the show. <laughs> See, this is why I got to come out there and do it with you. Oh, absolutely. I, I sing a me and Marvin Gaye, man. Nice. Give me some R. Kelly. Give me some R. Kelly. I'm ready. Oh, he's like, <laughs> sexual healing. Uh-huh. All right, guys. So stick around. We'll be right back. It's Final Gravity Podcast. You're listening to Final Gravity Podcast. Hey guys, I like to shop. And when I come home from shopping, the last thing I want to do is carry my bags through the snow, ruining my cute shoes I just found on sale. I wish my husband would just get a shed from Pleasant Run Structures so I could have my garage back. He could put all of his man stuff in the shed and brew out there. I mean, all he has to do is call 908-237-1325 and get the man cave of his dreams. They even offer two-story sheds because I know he has a lot of shit. Pleasant Run Structures has two locations in New Jersey, Persephone and Flemington, but they will ship anywhere. So it really is a no-brainer. Check out PleasantRunStructures.com for more info. That's PleasantRunStructures.com. Check it out today, because your wife might be so happy she can park in her garage, you might even get some. Does your kegerator still look like it belongs in a dorm room? Do you still have Coors Light or NASCAR tap handles on it? Look no further. Fisher Woodcraft has the solution. Fisher Woodcraft hand turns, exotic hardwood tap handles, and let me tell you, these things are beautiful. Give your kegerator that sleek look with a Fisher Woodcraft tap handle. Fisher Woodcraft also offers hand-spun bowls, mugs, and more. Look them up online, www.fisherwoodcraft.com. That's www.fisherwoodcraft.com. Hello, beer drinkers. Look at your peanuts. Now look at my peanuts. Now look at yours. Now back to mine. Sadly, your peanuts are not JB Gourmet peanuts. Look down. Now look up. Where are you? You're at jbgourmetpeanuts.com. What's that in your hand? It's the original peanuts. Look down. Now look back up. It's the spicy. What's that in my hand? It's a 16-ounce jar of peanuts. Look again. They're gone. Look again. The refill bag has filled it back up. Now they're diamonds. Spicy, delicious, addictive diamonds. I'm on a horse. Give them a call, man. Ask about their peanuts. 201-906-8777. Or visit their website, jbgourmetpeanuts.com. That's jbgourmetpeanuts.com. Hey guys, it's Jay. Just wanted to reach out and thank all of our listeners for supporting our show over the years. Keep it up, man. Don't forget to go to our homepage and click on those links for the AHA and BYO. Helps you out and it helps us out as well. If you think there's nothing better than a look of polished stainless and copper, if you're not sure that six tap handles is going to be enough in your chest freezer, then you're in the right place. Welcome back to Final Gravity. It's okay to be the living shit from the drunk kid. It's okay. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo. I was yo, saying, yo, I, yo. I love good beer. I, I yeah. love it. I mean, yeah. every beer, I mean, we're opening up really good beer. I wish we had, you know, some of, you know, Christmas, but it's okay. Well, we're going to we're gonna make a pilgrim, <laughs> pilgrimage out to New York, and we're definitely going to visit 508. So yeah, uh, have, having said that, Chris, what it, what is the address of 508? Oh, that's 508 Granite Street between Canal and Spring. Really? So that's like right there. Yeah. I mean, that's like... Right there. Yeah, that's like right that there. Is. Yeah. That's like right, right outside there. Right outside Holland Tunnel. Nice. Yeah, so dude. It's, that's a 45-minute trip for us. We're there. You know, we need we to use some, some club funds to get ourselves a van so no one has to drive in and drive out. You know? Right. Or one of us, be awesome. you know, has to be careful. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, we should do that. Are you going to NHC, Chris? Hell yeah. Hell Very excited yeah. Excellent. about it. Excellent. I'll see you are there. You guys, uh, are you pouring with the uh, New York City Homebrewers Guild? Absolutely. We're going to do, I think, 25 beers for 25 years. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a little jealous. I don't think we're bringing that many kegs, but uh, we're, we're going to be there, definitely. Nice. Well, I got, I got one just about ready. I got a... And I got some time to brew some more, so see if we can find it. Mary's actually doing a talk. She's doing a seminar there uh, on alternative fermentations. How to be hot and brew at the same time? I just realized I got like 15 or 20 gallons for NHC. Nice. <laughs> like late late at night. That, that's a two a.m. beer. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I got the two a.m. crowd covered. Well, that that's the one. That's the one you put the uh, the warning. You know the the yellow and black stripes on. Yeah, the yeah, warning so that label. we know. That way we know. Yeah, that way we know that don't serve that one till at least three in the morning in the in the uh, suite. Yeah, that'd be perfect. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, Mary, what what is your what what's the premise of your talk? Uh, it's called Fermenting on the Flip Side, and it's of alternative fermentations and other tips and techniques for urban brewers or those that are bored with the regular old brewing thing. Including mm. brew in a bag. Yes. Nice. And I think um, what we'll have Lots to do... Lots of lacto-fermentation. Lots of lacto-fermented goodies. Oh, good. Mm. Lacto. We like that. Because here's the thing. Uh, Final Gravity has been invited to do some media work there, so maybe we're going to record that talk and we'll post it as an episode. Oh, that would be awesome. Of course, I'll have to uh, talk to the uh, AHA and make sure they agree with that. But uh, yeah, we should. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to record that talk and we'll release it as an episode after the fact, which would be cool for all those schmucks that didn't get their tickets. Because for what it's worth, I love the AHA. Don't get me wrong, but this year they they fell a little short on their servers, and uh, yeah. we had some <laughs> crashing issues and everything like that. But I did get an apology email from Gary Glass the director of the AHA, and he said that uh, next year they're going to be a little more prepared. I, I think that they just, I don't think they had any idea what kind of response they were going to get on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't blame them at all. I, mean, I blame their, the, you know, their tech team or, or whatever, or yeah. the servers that they were on. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, how can you plan for the kind of popular yeah yeah i mean you got everybody coming out of the woodwork here because it's you know it's it's nice to have something close to home yeah we're itching we haven't we haven't had any uh anything like that here and i don't think ever for the ah or for the nhc you know i don't think it's ever been that close to home for us so yeah everyone was chomping at the bit to get on there but they'll get it together homebrewing's grown so much in the past few years that i mean it's i don't think there's any way they could keep up Right. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I mean, even if they the up their servers. So big and to to the, you know to put on these things there's so much 
advanced planning and location scouting that, uh, you know, by the time it's already locked in, the, the scene's going to grow by the time it actually happens. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing complicated. I mean, the growth here in the East is reminds me of like the the first boom in the uh, the early '90s as well. It was just like it seemed like there was a homebrew shop everywhere, and then about five years later, around about '98, '99, 2000, it was like you couldn't find one anymore. I wonder why that is. I wonder, yeah. I wonder what happened. I, think it just, I don't you predict, that, you predict that's going to happen again. I hope not. <laughs> I don't hope see not. it. I don't see it happening again unless it's a government. <laughs> government intrusion or something, you know? Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. Well, if things are still growing with the economy as crappy as it is, I mean, that that's actually a very good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think people are paying attention more now also to, you know, the the look of our movement, what you're what they're eating, what they're actually doing stuff and we're creating more people who actually are cooking and and uh and doing these kind of projects. Yeah, actually I think that that does actually add a synergy to it with with with, with yeah. the uh, with that, with the you know the whole farm to table thing, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. And do you guys do um, any sort of planned beer dinners there at at the brew pub, where you know you brew a specific Pairing. beer and and you pair it up with a with a meal, or not so much yet? We or? did we did one for a craft beer week. We will be. I mean, for me, my focus right now is kind of catching up on inventory. Right. Um, but we're probably definitely going to do. Uh, we're probably going to have a really nice big beer dinner in May, especially. Uh, because uh, for for the New York any New York City Brewers Guild members uh, because it's my birthday Brewers and you're Guild. just you're just gonna yeah. do it. It's your birthday. That's why because it's Chase's birthday in May. <laughs> right. We make sure so you just want to make sure you yeah, fucking so rock it out. Celebrated. <laughs> it's celebrated appropriately. <laughs> in his nice. birthday suit. In the manner in which he is accustomed. Well, that's <laughs> why we have to go in that first weekend of April because my birthday is right 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 around Easter. So we got to do that uh, that trip. Oh, uh, there you go. There we go. Yeah, and actually, I have a. <laughs> we're going to do a chocolate dinner in April. Ooh. Uh, so my friend Clay Gordon, uh, he's a chocolate. He started the ChocolateLife.com, and he's the first self-proclaimed chocophile, you know, oh. a chocolate critic. And uh, anyway, he's a great guy, really, really thoughtful, and, and uh, a great palate, and access to a lot of really great chocolate. He's got some great culinary ideas, and uh, so we're probably going to put the menu together and have a chocolate and beer night. Uh, that sounds really cool. Well. What's his name? Um, where? Uh, Clay Gordon. Clay. Clay? Gordon. Yep, Clay Gordon. He uh, also has a has a show on um, on a Heritage Radio Network called Straight from the Source. Oh yeah. From the Source. And you guys, you yeah. guys are actually doing a podcast on Heritage Network Radio, right? Yeah, Mary and I, we have a show we call For Men About It. Hey, For Men About It. Hey, For Men About It. <laughs> hey, For Men About It. And we talk all things fermentable. So everything, I mean, we're, you know, everything fermentable from the point of view of uh, primarily home brewers. I mean, so we know the beer side, but we don't just focus on that. We're, we want to cover cider, wine, kvass, uh, lact, any lacto-fermented vegetables, kombucha. Kombucha? Kraut, nice. Pickles. Yep. Oh, nice. Kimchi. Ginger beer? If you can ferment it, we want to talk about it. <laughs> nice. Cool. So fungus. Um, going off on a little bit of a tangent, because we talked about the locavore thing, Do you, uh, with the restaurant part of it, do you have any connections with some of the like the heritage meats or, or anything like that? Uh, yes. I believe they've, they've done a, a decent amount of that. To be honest, I haven't, uh, d- I haven't uh, delved into exactly where she's getting all her stuff at the moment. I know that she has talked to me about uh, sourcing a lot of different things from various places. That she gets top quality stuff that's farm raised, and and uh, and uh, it's, you know, it, I don't know the specifics of where where she is at the moment. I know that she runs the gamut and wants to be sensible about stuff. 
So okay. two two barrel system. If you're going to brew, let's just say a pale ale, how many hops are you jamming in there? Ooh, uh, a roundabout. Yeah, yeah, estimate it. Give me a roundabout. For a, for a pale ale, uh, between twenty and uh, thirty ounces. Sixteen probably in the in bittering. Okay. And for an American pale ale, I'm putting you know I'm putting probably like you know seven and above uh, for 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 aroma. All right, and then so maybe some flavor depending on depending on what I'm feeling like. So I think like September October we're going to. Uh, I think we'll talk to the guys in our club because there's a couple guys that are growing hops and maybe we'll yeah. supply you guys with our local hops grown in Jersey. Oh, dude, that'd be awesome. That would be great. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, you can. You, can you can you handle fresh cones with your brewery? Yeah, why not? Let's do let's do a wet hop beer. Or we could do wet hop too, or I mean, we could dry them out, you know. But uh, okay. I think that'd be cool because I think between all of us, we could probably come up with enough hops th- that we could supply for a pale ale. I'm gonna grow hops too this year. Awesome! I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, that'd be that'd, awesome. that'd be killer. Hey, Chris, have you have you heard of the band? Just asking, Steel Panther. The name sounds familiar, but I can't put a sound to the name. All right, well, <laughs> let me let me play you one of their hits. This one's called "Just Like Tiger Woods." We're gonna we're gonna go see them in uh, April. Panther, <laughs> just saying. But I want, I want the book when it comes out of, of their poetry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I love Steel Panther. We're going to see them in April, man. They're amazing. They're just. Where, they, 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 where are they from? Well, they actually started out as sort of a gag band in Vegas called uh, Metal School, and they used to play, you know, Van Halen, White Lion, Motley Crue, Rat, that Wait. sort of thing. And then they started writing their own tunes. Here, here's a sensible ballad. Hold on. It's called Weenie Ride. <laughs> I want to tell you about something fun. So I wrote you this song. If you've ever been to Disneyland, you know the lines can be real long. But I got a ride that the bitches love. 
And you won't nice. have to wait at all All you gotta do is ditch your boyfriend And give sexy Michael Starr a call <laughs> I'll take your ass for a weenie ride Spread your cheeks Dude, and swallow your pride <laughs> Scary like a roller coaster It will stretch you out this. so wide I'm gonna take your ass for a weenie ride Hold on tight cause I'm coming inside It's better than a Ferris wheel or a water slide It's a weenie ride <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Dude, that is sweet. Lovely. That's that's yes. Steel Panther. I Those guys are killer. I Steel Panther. Can you get that on uh, on where do you get that? Anywhere. Just, on, uh, what do yeah, you call just, that program these days? Uh, iTunes. iTunes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dude, you're Woo! the only 35 year old I know that's like 72. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> like, I where do you where do you get that fangled thing? You I, know I, that. I work and drink. <laughs> you know, I've been drinking uh, uh, moonshine. <laughs> it shows. <laughs> it's like the guy that the kid that used to work for me, he came back from uh, Costa Rica with a. He just put it right in his luggage. Yeah. Costa Rican moonshine. <laughs> Costa Rican moonshine, and uh, I tell you, it, it burned. It burned. Sure. But it was good. Sure. It was good. It started messing with my stomach though, so. I, <laughs> Like, I don't know. I had some uh, Puerto Rican moonshine. They call it a pitoro. And uh, when I got it, my uh, uh, somebody my mother-in-law knew was 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 doing this up in the mountains somewhere, and it came in a coconut with a sharpened stick stuck through one of the eyes and then <laughs> sealed with wax. So I got this coconut-flavored fire water. Nice, <laughs> sweet. I mean, I, it was like instant hangover. It was tasty, but it was just like, it just went to your head, and it was just like within a half an hour, you were feeling hungover. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, do you guys have any, uh, do you do any sort of special events at the restaurant, other than obviously brewing and food, but do you guys do any, uh, you said you just went through Craft Beer Week, right? We went through Craft Beer Week. As far as like major events, I mean, we have our just our weekly things, where which is uh, Sunday and Monday, we have a beer and food pairing a la carte kind of dinner thing. Uh, you know, so you go in, you get a get a menu where everything is like given. I think there's a fixed price. You get three three dishes and three beers, um, and each each dish is a recommended beer. But if you don't want that beer, you can go on. We don't want to be we don't want to be pedantic about stuff. You know, we'll right. recommend the stuff. The, the beer, but if you know if you're not feeling like having, you know, uh, a Belgian double with your with your uh, your artichoke pizza, then you don't mm-hmm. have to. Oh, nice. <laughs> so the, I would, um, the menu is sort of pub fare for what it's worth. No, I, no. Well, I would say it's way classier, way way more than that. Like, oh, not, okay. Yeah, no, it's a it's a really 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 nice restaurant. I mean, it's all actually, and it kind of looks nice too. It doesn't feel like your average brew pub it's kind of and if you're going in look seeking oh, a brew pub kind of experience sometimes oh, wow. you, you can feel a little bit intimidated because it? it seems like a little yeah, fancier but uh but uh but it but once you once you get in the vibe is beautiful and, and it's a good hang and, yeah, and yeah we've humble. got the uh i've got the yeah, website up here yeah it looks i i go ahead chris yeah i got the uh the website up here and uh, you got photos on it's really really classy looking nice nice place yeah, it's classy, but it's not pretentious at all. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's there's really good food there. But we just take everything we do seriously over there. You know, the chef is amazing. What what uh, Jen Hill, the, the owner and, and uh, uh, executive chef, is very serious about the food that comes out of that kitchen. Um, 
and she gets freaked out when when there are bad reviews ever anywhere. Consequently, <laughs> uh, it's it's always being paid paid attention to. And the cocktails are really good, actually, too, if that's your thing. And used to be, we used to have a crazy four-page wine list. Um, uh, knock that down to 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 one page, um, but they're but they're good stuff. I mean, once I came on, they said they wanted to focus more on the beer, which I think is fun and cool and good for me. But it's more work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. That I like. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. That's it's a good place to be. Yeah. So I hope that Mary has a good job because, you know, you're a brewer, so. Exactly. And yes, she does. She's the sugar mama. Absolutely. No doubt about that. Thank there's you, no, There's farm. no problem in that. No shame. There's no shame. When you're, <laughs> it's, it's more and more. I mean, my wife's a sugar mama. Hey, listen. You know? Whatever it takes these days. <laughs> Whatever it takes. No, and hey, and listen. you have fun doing it. I'm really happy. I'm really excited about our series, too. I mean, this Pillow Talk series, it's fun to... You know, I've always had fun brewing with her at the house, but now we're doing something a little bigger and we're able to share it with more, you know, greater, with more people, you know, and we're giving that out. But, so it's it's fun. And, the, and you know, the the kettle souring is always exciting because you're not sure where it's going to go. That's how, pretty cool. Know. Yeah, that's love awesome, that idea. man. I, I'm, I'm so hoping I can get out there within the next couple of weeks to try that. So you're going to have, what, one batch of that? Yeah, one batch. So I'll I'll yield ten ten corny kegs. So now you, um, you, you know, depending on how busy the month is, that should last roughly three three weeks. All right. So and we we're have... going to make our own. We're going to make our. I think we're going to make some woodruff syrup and some raspberry syrup, or maybe some other syrups to offer that that brown or weiss in a tradition style for people who don't want the tart or want to counter counteract that with a, you know, like traditionally they used to drink it and serve it with woodruff syrup. And a, yeah, I had a. I had a friend of mine. Actually, I think he's in the New York City Brewers Guild. He made a Berliner Weiss. Keith. Uh, Keith, yeah. Keith Koval. I don't know if you've met him or not. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course, the Commodore. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He. Uh, I went to. I went to college with him. Really? Yeah. Cool. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 I love this gentleman. Speaking of that, you guys said you were coming out to uh, to New York City in the early early April. I don't know if like as a DJ or not, but we definitely need help or would like some help. Uh, he's actually in charge of judge coordination for the uh, this the New England regionals for the national homebrew competition. Oh yeah. So we're going to be hosting it and doing it as as the guild. Or actually, Keith Keith is the judge coordinator, and uh, Ken Hedinger is, is going to be the competition. Uh, official competition organizer. Um, but we're doing it at Alewife Queens uh, on the 5th, evening of the 5th, and the daytime of the 6th. So we'll, we'll have at least 750 entries and definitely need, if anybody wants to steward, All reach right, out so, to so me, who's me at com or at keithkoval at yahoo.com, I think is his email. Either way. Yeah, so there you go, call. Northeast <laughs> listeners. If you guys want to help out with stewarding or judging, uh, reach out to one of one of the three. And uh, yeah. we could definitely use some help because NHC is going to kill this year. It's going to be awesome, man. I, I cannot wait. I am so it's stoked. Be- I am so stoked. Now, and actually, uh, Gary Glass from AHA is coming out and is going to be in attendance uh, for our for April 5th and 6th. He's actually going to come out and help judge and, and be there for it. So nice. Awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. And to come join us and see what we're actually all about here on the East Coast. So, more help the merrier, and uh, and uh, we definitely want to show him we got our shit tight. Yeah, he's he's a cool guy, Gary. He's yeah. a real cool uh, guy. 
I was gonna say the only downer of the uh, the the NHC is the size of the tables, right? Isn't that? Aren't we gonna be completely restricted from our ideas? Well, it's gonna be like a six foot. Yeah, table I think get? the setups are gonna be a little smaller than we wanted, but you know, it is what it is. Like when we went to Minnesota, some of the setups were elaborate. They were incredible. Oh yeah. I I just yeah, yeah. don't I don't think we have that room this year, unfortunately. That's okay. It keeps us making makes things a little bit easier for us. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it'll really? help. It'll help with our plans and and our setup. Well, instead of full grown dancers, we can just get midgets on poles. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Dude, <laughs> stop, stop giving away all of our secrets. Sorry, sorry man. Oh. Do you think Damn Steel it. Panther can fit in our booth? <laughs> if you want to oh, be hey, like Tiger Woods. That's right. I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna forget that guy's name. Oh, no, you'll remember, because we're going to play some more of it before the night's over. <laughs> no, no, trust me, I probably won't remember. <laughs> Moonshot. Speaking, speaking of little people, and I have St. Patrick's Day, I ask you this. Why do leprechauns laugh when they run? I don't know. Because the grass tickles their balls. <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff. Hey, that is, thanks. There we go. That's, that's good stuff. That's a joke I heard. But anyway, I don't know. Any, I like little people, so I can't. Never mind. <laughs> we were all little people at one point. <laughs> all right, cool. We got, a, we got a guy in a chat saying, and he's like, uh, he saw just saw Oz today, so he's saying, yeah. Munchkin pole dancers? We. <laughs> 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 it's a good movie. It's a good movie. I haven't not, not good, I haven't not, seen not good it. acting, I mean, in my opinion, <laughs> but very good movie. I actually, I have a confession. Mm. I always knew that of you. Well, no, it's not that confession. Okay. Not the one you're thinking. <laughs> okay. Uh, we always suspected. Right. Well, listen, hey, not that there's anything wrong with that, but um, no, earlier this week, my wife convinced me to watch the second part of Freaking Yawn. Freaking Yawn? Yeah, Breaking Dawn. Oh, Breaking Dawn. And, well, I, I went to watch the first one in the movies with her because I had okay. to go, yep, yep. and I fell asleep. So I called it Freaking Yawn, and nice. then I actually did watch the second one, and I, I have a confession it wasn't terrible. It wasn't the best movie I've ever seen in my life, but All right. they did better with it. I'll give them that. And and that's. Can we shut his mic off? <laughs> <laughs> He's at the controls. That's the problem. <laughs> and that's where I'll leave that. Any, anyway, Chris. I, I stumbled upon the movie Teeth the other day. Classic. Oh, my cousin told me about that movie, and we'll just leave it at that for our listeners. Look up the movie Teeth. <laughs> Yeah, it has something to do with a vagina. Nice. <laughs> with yeah. teeth. I don't know. The picture I have <laughs> Any good painful. movie does, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I guess we'll uh, we'll probably wrap it up, because we're, uh, we're just about at the end here. We I think we covered everything we needed to cover about 508. Um, Except that everybody needs to come visit me down at 508. Oh, Absolutely. yeah, no, the, the pictures online look Frequently amazing. Frequently and often. No, it looks amazing. Absolutely, and we wanted to thank you and Mary for joining us tonight. I know it's Saturday, and know you know you live in New York, you got busy lifestyles, but you're probably not even ready to go out yet. You're probably looking at the clock, going, "Man, is it 11 yet? Can we go out yet?" Is it tequila time yet? And uh, for what it's worth, my band's going to be playing out here in Jersey, and I'll I'll text you that information if you can uh, oh, make, yeah. if you can make it out here. Steel Panther. Yes. No. Not, we we may do a Steel Panther song eventually, but not at the one gig we're doing because it's like an Irish pub. It's sort of family oriented, so we probably and we we have to eliminate uh, "Killing in the Name of" from our set list for that one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because I think "fuck you" repetitively over and over and over probably won't fly in that place. Yeah. So yeah. Funny that. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. 
<laughs> I don't think we'll get a gig there again if we do that song. But uh, I'll reach out to you with that, Chris. But uh, yeah, please do. Absolutely. Yeah. So give out. It's 508 NYC. Give out the address again, if you would. 508NYC.com. The address is 508 Greenwich Street. Greenwich is spelled G-R-E-E-N-W-I-C-H Street. And it is by uh, between Spring and Canal Street, just outside the Holland Tunnel. And uh, it's a fantastic, fantastic place. I can't recommend it enough. Not just the beer, but the food and the friendly camaraderie of the people who work there. And now yeah. you're, are you in the basement when, when we, if we go I'm there? in the basement. They inebriated Morlock <laughs> uh, in the basement. Are you in the basement during like Friday, Saturday night dinner hours or you're, you're long gone by then? You're just, I want nothing to do with it. No, actually Mary calls me the, the a vampire brewer. I'm usually okay. like, sometimes we'll, I'll start brewing sometimes at six, sometimes I'll start brewing at midnight, sometimes I'll start at noon, but rarely do I start brewing before noon. Okay. Um, but I also, my, my deal is that I'm never, I'm not there. Uh, you know, you can't count on me being there. I'd say yeah. shoot me a text six four six nine four two seven seven five eight. That goes to anybody who wants to come by. I, I think um, we should get a group together. Just, just really check them out there. You know, we'll get a nice. group together and say hi, and you can show us your barrels. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I did just start barrel aging. I've never done that before either, and I bought myself uh, these two five gallon uh, bourbon barrels from Kings County Distilling here in Brooklyn. Oh, and I threw nice. my imperial stout in that, and it, and it came out lovely. Very excited about it. Did you, one of them I was leaving in there for a very long time. I'm, I'm it's still in there, or at least one of the barrels I'm I've got sitting for longer than the others. Just kind of. Did you say five gallon barrels? Yeah, five gallon barrels. They're okay. small, so each each one will just yield That's one keg awesome. for me. Do you so do you days. have enough room for more barrels? Because I have a hookup at Weyerbacher. I do have a little bit of room for more barrels. They're I just don't need big barrels. Like actually, what I want. Is well, they're big. They're they're fifty whatever. What, I think they're fifty three yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I don't have I don't have room for those. I would oh, love okay. to get my hands on some five gallon barrels though. I didn't even know but, they had yeah. them out there. Oh yeah, they do. It's oh yeah, cool. I guess like they. And so I, I'm, we're also right by City Winery, and City Winery's been making their own wine there. They don't, you know, they clearly don't grow grapes in southern Manhattan, but uh, and down here, but uh. I want to buy a, a barrel that I can give them to to put wine in for a year, and then I'll grab it back from them next year, and then start barrel aging some uh, some stuff on some some yeah, that wine sounds barrels. Cool. That make me happy. Nice. Yeah. Well, don't don't forget uh, if if I don't, I'm sure I'll talk to you between now and then. But at NHC, you have to make sure you come to our table and try some of our Flanders Red. Absolutely. We uh, no, we absolutely. aged it we no. aged it in a red wine barrel for a year. You have piqued my interest and left me wanting for more, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good beer. No touching the midgets. <laughs> <laughs> it started yeah. with the beer. Yeah. Leave yeah, our midget strippers alone. Yeah, it's not gonna, you know, that's, that's one rule we have. We don't have many rules around here. The one rule we have is don't touch the midgets. <laughs> so on that note, I think we'll let you go, Chris. I really appreciate you spending time with us. We're going to take you out um, with... Party all night from Steel Panther. And then we'll pay nice. some sponsors. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Thanks Chris. It was All a pleasure.
listening to Final Gravity Podcast. Hey guys, I like to shop. And when I come home from shopping, the last thing I want to do is carry my bags through the snow, ruining my cute shoes I just found on sale. I wish my husband would just get a shed from Pleasant Run Structures so I could have my garage back. He could put all of his man stuff in the shed and brew out there. I mean, all he has to do is call 908-237-1325 and get the man cave of his dreams. They even offer two-story sheds because I know he has a lot of shit. Pleasant Run Structures has two locations in New Jersey, Persephone and Flemington, but they will ship anywhere. So it really is a no-brainer. Check out PleasantRunStructures.com for more info. That's PleasantRunStructures.com. Check it out today, because your wife might be so happy she can park in her garage, you might even get some. Does your kegerator still look like it belongs in a dorm room? Do you still have Coors Light or NASCAR tap handles on it? Look no further. Fisher Woodcraft has the solution. Fisher Woodcraft hand turns, exotic hardwood tap handles, and let me tell you, these things are beautiful. Give your kegerator that sleek look with a Fisher Woodcraft tap handle. Fisher Woodcraft also offers hand-spun bowls, mugs, and more. Look them up online, www.fisherwoodcraft.com. That's www.fisherwoodcraft.com. Hello, beer drinkers. Look at your peanuts. Now look at my peanuts. Now look at yours. Now back to mine. Sadly, your peanuts are not JB Gourmet peanuts. Look down. Now look up. Where are you? You're at jbgourmetpeanuts.com. What's that in your hand? It's the original peanut. Look down. Now look back up. It's the spicy. What's that in my hand? It's a 16-ounce jar of peanuts. Look again. They're gone. Look again. The refill bag has filled it back up. Now they're diamonds. Spicy, delicious, addictive diamonds. I'm on a horse. Give them a call, man. Ask about their peanuts. 201-906-8777. Or visit their website, jbgourmetpeanuts.com. That's jbgourmetpeanuts.com. Hey guys, it's Jay. Just wanted to reach out and thank all of our listeners for supporting our show over the years. Keep it up, man. Don't forget to go to our homepage and click on those links for the AHA and BYO. Helps you out, and it helps us out as well. If you think there's nothing better than the look of polished stainless and copper, if you're not sure that six tap handles is going to be enough in your chest freezer, then you're in the right place. Welcome back. To final gravity. 
Yeah. Yo. Yeah, it's St. Patty's weekend. So I don't know about driving around too much. It is St. Patty's Day weekend. Yeah, you know. They're, well, they're for what it's worth, the watering hole is like a mile down the road. No, oh, that's not bad. Yeah. yeah well, that's good. So if, if and I have to go. I have to go half a mile out just to get to the road. Right. It, it, <laughs> if you're into it, we may do that afterwards. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Anyway, so uh, yeah, that was it, man. Chris Kuzme, Kuzme, sorry, from uh, 508 NYC. He's a sweetheart of a guy. I've hung out with him many times at different beer festivals, events, the like. Um, we got to get Alex Hall on here, though. Cascale show, and I'd love to do another one with Alex because he is literally the cask ale authority in New York City. Uh, he definitely knows how to treat real beer. One of these days, I'm going to have to get a hand pump. I'm just going to have to break down and get a hand pump because I would love to serve traditional ale. Yeah, I can see that. That'd be fun. It'd be very be cool. I mean, they're expensive, but one day I would love to have one. Um, you know, Chris uh, Chris really seemed like he was having a great time. You know, yeah. it's not like it's a huge place. You know, like he said, he's not the, he's not the breadwinner. Yeah. Bread earner in the house. Yeah, but, but he's just enjoying life. He's hey, making, listen, man, he's living the dream. The, I fact, mean, the fact that they let him do would it bring whatever he wants to the table i love that it's because just, yeah well yeah it, it sounds a lot like the the way a lot of the restaurants run where it's like they don't have a set menu it's just sort of like here are today specials right you know this is what's fresh today this is what we're cooking yeah that'd be really you cool know? if he comes up to the chef and says this is what i got coming out next week you know so you can and then the chef because if he was if it was a good chef he would you know, right. make his menu around the the. the you know, I bet the, you, the, the I bet beers. you does that. You know, yeah. I bet you yeah. does that. There's probably a little bit of that too, where it's like the chef may come in and say, "Hey, look, look asparagus season is coming up, or whatever." Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I pulled that out of my ass because I don't know if, what asparagus. what pairs to asparagus, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Garlic, black pepper, <laughs> olive oil. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. About that. Yeah. Maybe like a saison. Yeah, actually, that's probably not a bad idea. Saison. Saison or some sort of Belgian, maybe, peppery. I have kinda. found that Belgians go with a, a lot of PBR. stuff. PBR. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to yeah, say, really it's do. just, you know, if, 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 you're, having, <laughs> if you're having trouble Paris. pairing something, go Belgian. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Once you go Belgian, you know what they say. We had a, um, I had a, you know how I think Lindemans makes a, it's one of the more available um, uh, Lambics. Usually get, yeah. and they're usually relatively on the sweet side. And yeah. I picked this other one up, and I can't remember the name of it offhand, but it was it had been aged in a wine barrel for about about a year before it was bottled, and so it was much drier. And so it wasn't something that we were expecting. It was still very good, but it was different than what we had had before. But we had this aged Gouda cheese at home too, and it just perfect with the cheeses. It was fantastic. Yeah, Belgians go really well with cheeses because you got the spiciness and the sweetness of a Belgian mm-hmm. beer, and then the, the you know the sharpness and the creaminess of the cheese. It, it's yeah, it's an it's it's pretty hard not to do a good pairing if you have a decent Belgian beer and some decent cheese. Yeah, and I tell you, <laughs> the first time we did that, it was with like some like like stinky soft ripened cheeses, mm. brie's and, and and camemberts and those sorts, and you know. Some of those cheeses can get pretty funky to pair things with, but the Belgian beers were just just perfect. Yeah, I'm hoping that, uh, speaking of the band thing, I'm hoping that we can get a gig up at the Mohawk House because they do, they have a pretty good, 
beer friendly menu. Ooh, nice. They have like 48 taps up there, and then oh. but they have like a cheese sampler, mm-hmm. and they have like three or four different Belgians, really good Belgians that you could pick mm-hmm. from to pair with. Yeah, so I'm really hoping we could do a gig there because it'd be awesome to have like everyone get up there early. We all do dinner and then we play. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, nice, I, yeah. Th- I thought that'd be a good night. <clears throat> but anyway, guys, I guess uh, you know we're gonna wrap it up. I wrap wanna, it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. I want to thank uh, Chris Kuzmi because that was a blast having him on the show. And uh, let's see. And the missus. Yeah, and the missus. She is so fun, Mary. We we had so much fun with her out in uh, New York. Let's see. What can I wrap it up with? I'm trying to find a song we can wrap it up with. No, that's not it. That's not what I want. Let's see. What do we got here? Wheels on the bus go round and round. Round and round, round <laughs> and round. You don't have any kids, do you? I got one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, let's fucking do something totally different. All right. We'll wrap it up with this. And uh, we'll we'll catch you guys next time. Um, next show, topic to be decided yet. We're not sure. I'm still trying to land uh, Wayne Milford from dogfish former dogfish head and they now have a brew pub out in pa called two rivers brewing oh yeah, yeah. we're trying to get him on the show so i know he's busy because they just opened up they're not selling their own beer yet i don't think either i don't think not quite no. yet yeah not quite yet I, well, it'll, it'll it should be like any day now though that's such a cool building i drive by it to go to porter's yeah and uh it's a cool building so but, i yeah, we need to I, I definitely want to get him on the show and i get it he, he's swamped because they oh, just yeah. opened up but uh He's a local Jersey guy, so I'd love to have him on the show and talk about his career at Dogfish. But uh, we'll see you guys next time. I'll uh, I'll post up on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all that shite. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. We're out. Peace. Waka waka. <laughs>